0: Welcome to Span Reads, not your typical rereads podcast, a 17th chart series where we reread the Cosmere and are giant nerds about it. Unlike the traditional reread style, we won't be going through each book chapter by chapter, but instead looking at different themes and the placement of the books within the wider Cosmere. Each Span Reads series will bring you four episodes. The first three reactions and retrospectives, character relationships, and magic system use in the story there will be spoilers for that book and the prior books in the series then we'll cap things off with a full spoiler Cosmere episode today we will be talking about well of ascension joining me is jesse
1: hello i'm lady lameness ian
2: hey i'm your writer matt comatose on the forums
1: katie hello
3: Aonine on the forums and discord eric
2: Hi, I'm Chaos. I was banished
4: down here. I know. It's, it's so different, me being down here.
3: <laughs> and I am Michelle, or First
0: Rainbow Rose. This episode will have spoilers for this book and Final Empire only. And now, a recap.
5: Hello, all of you lovely humans. And I bet you thought, oh, Rosemary's not in this episode. We won't hear her recap. Surprise! good news or you know maybe just skip if that's your preference anyway so here we go recap on Well of Ascension we open and Ellen is king and an army is advanced upon Luthadel more than twice the number of Ellen's forces furthermore it's Ellen's own father Strathventure who's leading the troops Vin is out on patrol in the city and gets attacked by a group of Allomancer assassins she gets an assist from a mysterious Mistborn that's been lurking around the city for a while or a sir the Condra, who uh, imitated Kelsier, takes some damage in the fight and needs a new body to digest and imitate. Elland, in the meantime, has been dealing with the consequences of his own idealism. He has to spend a lot of energy convincing the Parliamentary Council to come to a decision at all, let alone one he agrees with. Outside, Vin contemplates their situation and has her first encounter with a strange creature made entirely of mist. Vin is uncomfortable with everything. How she's changed, how she hasn't, and her apparent religious position amongst the Ska. Seeking a new body for Orisur, she gets the meanest wolfhound she can find and offers it up. Orisur is displeased. Note that this will be the last time we see him alive on screen. And when she comes back after the transformation, the new Orisur is waiting. And it's, it's really cool. One of the neat things they did with Graphic Audio was that they changed voice actors. The two voice actors sound very similar, but if you know what you're listening for, you can hear the change. It, it, it's tough because there's like a sparring scene and a few other things in between, but it's, it's really fun if you know what you're listening for. So in the meantime... Saizet has been traveling the Dominses, teaching people the knowledge he's gathered, though he finds folks have little interest in his specialization of religions. Um, he does learn that the mists have begun coming during the day, and buries the very first of the known Mistfallen. Marsh finds him and leads him to an empty Inquisitor stronghold. There Saizet finds a steel plate engraved with the words of Quan, the terrace philosopher who discovered Alendi, the not-quite-hero-of-ages. He doesn't have time to read it at all, Read it all, so he takes a rubbing. Vin goes on another sparring match with the Unknown Mistborn and unlocks the secret of Duralumin while trying to outspart her opponent. And Elland is not good at handling the assembly. Luckily, he gets a distraction in the form of Army Number Two, which expels a fleeing breeze. A meeting of the crew hashes out the options, which range from bad to worse. The guards catch a terrace woman, Tinwill, listening in on the conversation. She offers a harsh critique of Ellen's deportment and offers to teach him. The servants find Orisur's discarded bones, which leads them to find a second set, revealing the existence of a second Chandra in the palace, a spy. Vin twists her insides into pretzels trying to figure out who it is, and the mysterious Mistborn, identifying himself as Zane, shows up with a message from Straff Venture, Ellen's Father and the head of one of the armies outside agreeing to a meeting. That night, Vin spars with Zane again in the mists and he verbally pokes at her insecurities. He tries to convince her that her friends are merely using her and that she doesn't fit in with them. Because Zane is a jerk. Zane's point of view reveals that he is Ellen's illegitimate half-brother and that Ruin is whispering in his ear constant orders to kill everyone around him. On SayZed's way back to Lucidil, he learns more about the daytime mists and finds a coloss army between him and the city. And that's not good. Vin bonds with Orisur by telling him about her past. They're both surprised to find out how much common ground they have. She spots SayZed inside the city and he informs the crew about the approaching coloss army. Zane keeps zaning away at Vin, chipping at her confidence like the twisty little d- he is. Ellen agrees to meet with his father, but insists on bringing Vin to introduce her. Tindwill takes her on a shopping trip for a new dress, one that is designed for her needs as a Mistborn. The meeting with Straff doesn't go well. He isn't willing to negotiate, nor does he buy their pretense. He prepares to kill Elend. Vin, listening outside, responds to Ellen's cues and uses duralumin-fueled alamancy to bluff Ellen free. They return to the city to find that the council has deposed him. Tindwill is appalled to learn that she's been trying to teach such an inveterate cinnamon roll that he wrote the mechanism for his own removal from power into the kingdom's legal code. She's even more appalled when he refuses to invoke martial law to get around it, and the mental picture of the look on her face when Ellen uses the same command that she taught him to shut her complaints down is rather beautiful. The humor of the moment is soon matched by Vin and Ourasur joking about how edible ham and breeze might be. Vin has a moment of clarity in seeing the mists linger after sunrise. She makes a leap of insight and hypothesizes that the deepness could be the mists come during the day. And it kind of goes on. Blah blah voting. Blah blah politics. Blah blah blah. Oh look! They're set! Ellen's gonna have dinner with him. That'll be fun. And aside, if I had a nickel for every time someone calls Ellen boy, I'd have enough points to fill a Mistborn pouch. Vin keeps trying to track down the, who the Condra spy is and makes zero headway. As her bond with Orissure grows, you can just feel the guilt rippling off of him. In a bid to get an edge on the vote for King, Ellen joins the Church of the Survivor. The ploy is interrupted by an attack during the assembly. Vin kills six Allomancers while she's protecting Ellen. At the delayed vote, though, Ellen's play for a deadlock fails thanks to his terminal case of cinnamon roll. (laughs) Because he tells the truth when he could have lied or remained silent. Zane continues to be so terrible. He pins the attack on set, but we readers know that it was Straff who lost a bunch of allomancers. Sneaky, sneaky Zane, manipulating Vin with his dirty little lies. A conversation with Orisur reveals the Conver weakness. Emotional allomancy, when fueled by Dernalumen, can take control of them. Seyzed and Tinwill work through studies on the rubbing of Quan's message and they find plenty of contradictions between it and the logbook. Ruin's touch is right there in front of them. Ellen makes a trip to the Koloss camp and has an unproductive conversation with his old friend Jost. On his way out, he picks a fight with a coloss on a whim and uncovers a few more details about Coloss psychology, though he doesn't have enough data to make much out of it. Zane uses Ellen's brush with death to push Vin over the edge, goading her into joining him on an assassination attack on Set. She rips through his guards like paper, confronts Set, and learns that he had no Allomancers left at all, the last he'd had were the assassins he'd sent at Vin at the beginning of the book. Which means, of course, he wasn’t behind the assassination attempt on Ellen. Vin talks Zayn out of killing Set. Zayn tries to convince Vin to leave the city with him. She refuses, and he attacks her. Sur, as revealed as the imposter, Tensun. soon, and Zayn goes full bond villain exposition, confident as he has Atium and Vin doesn’t. But Vin pulls a nifty little trick by watching for Zayn to pre-react to her movements and changes it. She kills him. Tensun, who helped Vin at a crucial moment by reminding her of his race's weakness to emotional allomancy, apologizes for his part and leaves to return to the Condra homeland. Vin runs to Ellen, and while Seized patches up her wounds, she insists that it's time to marry Ellen. Now I don't know what kind of time we'll have together, but I want some at least pardon me while I go cry. Sazed uses the carrot of the Well of Ascension, lying about knowing its location, to convince Vin and Ellen to flee the city. After they are clear, Straff orders his army to withdraw for now to clear the way for the Coloss to ravage the city, because Strath is evil. Jost and a few of his men catch up to Vin and Ellen in their flight, revealing that he's lost control of the Coloss army, and Ellen executes him. Vin Spook lets slip what he knew of Saezid's plan, and Vin realizes the lie of the location of the well, and that her bronze sense has been telling her that they've been moving away from it. They turn around to go back to Luthadel, separating so that Vin can pull pewter drag rush. It's not fast enough, though, so she invents her horseshoe road solution. The Coloss attack Luthadel, but the city doesn't fall easily. Clubs and Dachshund die fighting, and Seized expends almost everything in his metal mines. ready to die, when Vin finally arrives on the scene. She holds off the Coloss to buy people time to flee and hide, but she doesn't have enough combat medals to last long. On instinct, she tries the same trick to control Chandra on the Koloss, and it works. Vin uses her newfound control of the Coloss to stabilize the city, giving Seized the opportunity to search out and find Tindul's body. More sad. Vin replenishes her medals and a new battle begins. The remaining Luthadel forces plus the Coloss versus Straff's army. Vin punches through and kills Straff and then goes on and takes out almost all of the generals as well. The armies, however, are fairly evenly matched so Aureon, who's been running around Alrioning everywhere, heads into the fray to force her father Set to commit his army in support of the Luthadel forces. Because, at the end of the day, Alrion is a Banff. The army does break and what remains of Straff's forces surrender. When Ellen arrives, Vin takes him with her to find the Well of Ascension, her bronze pulses taking them below Critic Shaw. They find a cache of canned food, a metal map of the Empire, and the Well. While mourning Tindwill, Seyzed pours back over their research and comes across a line that bothers him. He gets a visit from the Mist Spirit, who leads him to Shaw. Says it determines that he needs to stop Vin long enough to at least talk about what they need to do, but he stopped by Marsh, who doesn't understand why he has to attack him, but does so, and halts his progress, and also, you know, nearly kills him, but... Ellen and Vin examine the well, but she hesitates to enter it. The mist spirit appears and stabs Ellend, inflicting a fatal wound. Vin steps into the well for a moment, tempted to take the power for herself and save Ellend and remake the world. But a voice whispers to her, reminding her of what she must do, and she makes the noble choice. It's a great character moment, full of selfless heroism. And it's a terrible, terrible mistake. She lets the power go, and in so doing, frees Ruin. Vin sobs over the dying Elend, and the mist spirit guides her to a bead of Laurasium. She feeds it to Elend, washing it down with one of her metal vials. He recovers a bit, and Vin realizes he's burning pewter. Elend is now a Mistborn. There's some unpacking of things, and Saezed leaves Luthadel to travel back to that Inquisitor stronghold where he'd first found Quan's engraving. And in comparing that with his rubbing, he learns that they do not match. Something has been changing the things written. They've been manipulated from the start. And now I return you to your regularly scheduled span reads. <laughs>
4: I would love to start because I'm very fond of Final Empire and I'm very fond of the end of of Hero of Ages because it's like it's great start, uh, great ending in Final Empire and then really great ending for the entire series in Hero of Ages. And so I forgot how good Well of Ascension was, actually, like... I had remembered it as being the weakest book, but there there's a lot to love in this book. Mm-hmm. like the like the whole mystery with the epigraphs and things so great. Like just the Lendy must not reach the well of Ascension dot dot dot. It's like oh, oh, it's so good. it's its i I just remember exactly how I read it like the first time I was like, oh. It's so good. And surprisingly, Zane, much less insufferable than I remember. Still somewhat insufferable. We'll talk about it next next week for the character one. But uh, I hated him less, let's say.
0: It's funny how little of it I actually remembered. Because yeah. I remembered so little of this. Like, I remembered Zane going on a killing spree. Uh-huh. Which happens much earlier than I remember. And I remembered... Who soon was, and that was fun to see. You know how early in the tensun switches. Yeah,
4: and it's so obvious when you it's when you know so it. So obvious! But like,
0: it really is.
4: But it's it's one of the best surprising yet inevitable because orsa is just he's just not having it with Vin at all. But like Tensuun's like actually helpful and kind of having mm-hmm. some fun but it's still trying to act like he doesn't care, but he does, a lot. It works
1: so well, the first Mm read-through, and you just, you don't pick it up, and the second read-through, it just, it seems so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like he he repeats something he said the immediately previous scene, like he mentions the hair not placing right, and Vince like, you just told me that. We
6: just talked about Mm -hmm. that
2: and his personality like undergoes a pretty noticeable like his dialogue is even different yeah but yeah Yeah, and it's um
6: like the foreshadowing in general in this book is phenomenal which we'll get oh yeah i'll get into a little bit later but like there's multiple points where like tensune straight up doesn't know something and vin rationalizes it as like oh like when Orser was Renault, no, like he wasn't really part of the crew <laughs> multiple said, so. times, <laughs> yes, and it's just like, and then like she remarks on like his change in personality, like, oh, you've like, and it's She's like, really so, it's like it's so obvious,
1: my favorite of the of all of these moments, I think, is when Vin just asks him some question about like, what did Kelzia tell you to do exactly? with my bones <laughs> and he gives the most bs answer <laughs> it, it's right. like the fluffiest no content answer that he could give and she's just like okay
4: yeah like i, I had forgotten how awesome their vin and tensoons banter are in, oh
1: in i love
4: like, although especially she- when they have like the heart to heart and he and tensoons like kind of upset with her and even just the, the showdown with Zane, uh, where Zane's just, like, revealing that it's Tensoon. It's so great because they constantly, well, not constantly, but repeatedly mentioned that Straff has a chondra. Like, like that, yep. that's...
3: I was about to say, yep. It,
4: yeah, so it's like, oh, yeah, obviously the spy is the Zane.
2: Yeah. Yep. Right? The, scene, the scene before they go back and meet Tensoon for the first time... Um, Elend is like, oh yeah, like Venture had a Chandra. Like it, it's literally like I'm pretty sure like the chapter before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Brandon is like he's being very fair to the reader here. Um, like this is definitely something people could could have figured out. It's not one of those twists that it was like there's no way.
1: Yeah. But yeah. I think
2: he's conditioned us to ignore Chandra a little bit, like Vin, like like Fine. the biases that Zane and Tensoon play off of in order to hide Tensoon in plain sight work just as well against the reader as they do against Finn. And I think that part is really cool because uh, we're really in the character's shoes um, yep. for that twist.
3: There are multiple times in the book where it's mentioned, oh, yeah, Straff venture had a Kandra or a Chandra. Yeah. Multiple times where it said that and then it immediately cuts to talking about Tensoon as Ursura. Just, oh, I hadn't it'll, caught it'll, that. It'll be... Or, like, there's, there's at least one time where Elend says something like that and then is like, speaking of Kandra, talks more about that. And it's just like, yeah, just right there next to it. Brandon, mm-hmm. credit where it's due. He put it there.
4: Yep. Zane clash, though, at, at the, the end. That was... Because usually they just spar. But that's it. They, they're they definitely not sparring. Um, yeah. And that, that's just seen is. Genuinely well, really good.
0: Uh well and your heart breaks because you can see I can picture have you ever if you've ever seen a dog give that like heartbroken what have you done face? I always picture that like heartbroken face on Tensoon's face when he looks at me with this
6: like sorry, mistress. But, and the fact he still calls her mistress,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. like
6: because like you you can tell like she's the person he wants to be serving, mm-hmm. yeah. not Zane. Yep.
1: yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And it just uh. breaks your heart every time I read that one. It's also a bit sad thinking about the way that the the Kandra have been treated up till now. That the fact that Vin shows just any small length of humanity towards Tensun and he latches onto that so hard and it makes such a difference and it's like wow you guys have been treated really badly haven't you yeah Mm yeah
2: yes they have and especially since Ben starts out treating him really poorly (laughs) (laughs) just like she's not
1: any better at the beginning
2: yeah but it's poor in a different way it's like I don't like you but you're still like yeah. a sentient being right whereas like like it's yeah. a different kind of yeah yeah for treatment so like also in
6: that vin and zane conflict we got the like vin beating atium through oh, like sounds kind of weird through a trick which is an amazing like scene which going back to the foreshadowing in this book being amazing like like Vin has a conversation with him earlier in the book on like, I'm I'm out of Atium. Like, how can I fight somebody that has Atium? And just like, and him like, oh, like there's been a lot of discussion about it, and like basically you just have to trap them into a move that like, right. There's no way out That's of true.
2: yeah yeah. And like
6: the way she like, she could because she couldn't just do that straight up because like he could see it coming, so like she just like she just like backs off and like waits to react to what he's about to do as he's reacting to something he thinks she's going to do and it's like he has the line it's like oh i picked the wrong atium shadow it's like no that's the point like whichever one you picked would be the wrong one and she well, would do the other thing
0: he couldn't really pick the wrong one because at that point there was only one shadow no right there up were two in- well, he, care, says, like, he says, like he says, that it splits right as she makes the decision. So he's following the only one that exists right up until she realizes he's following the one that exists and mm-hmm. splits it. And then and he doesn't so have time. Yeah,
6: but yeah. like at that point, like he's like he picks the wrong one because he has to because like it. Yeah,
2: th- that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, but it's so good i'd like to just comment if that's okay on something else eric you said on Uh your initial yes (laughs) on your initial comments um Uh the epigraphs always strike me on rereads as well um how brandon sets things up and this one like again the first epigraph is i write this in steel because nothing set in metal can be not set in metal be trusted or whatever It's right like, and
4: It's literally the first one. There's no prologue or anything. Yeah.
2: That's that's the first thing you read. And I love how I remember the first time reading that, and I was just like, oh, that's a fun quirk of this character who's writing, not even thinking about it. Like, why can nothing yeah. that's not said in yeah. metal be trusted? Yeah. 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 And then, like, but when you know and you read that line, it's so clear, it's like. It Easy.
0: drove me crazy, this entire read-through that, you know, it, I remember reading it the first time and just whatever, but now the second time through I'm like, why are you not paying more attention to this?
4: It's like literally the first time Seized is reading the entire rubbing, I immediately am looking back to the epigraphs and like, okay, what did change in this. It's like, yeah. ah, no, Alendi's short because I'm uh, trying to make it oh. Vin be the hero of ages, yeah, it's like... Short in stature, but towers over everyone else. it's like that is not what it originally said at all. Yeah,
1: yeah, and- yeah. The announcer one is the one that always my brain picked up that something was going on there. Like when it comes up later, because I'm like, hang on, that's what they called um someone at in Demos. Um,
4: well, it it changed friends. from announcer to Holy First ri- yeah, Witness, sorry. and that yeah, one we yeah, see. The in yeah, the Holy First Witness. I was
1: like, hang hey, on, well, that came up before. Yeah. like wow, what a coincidence, right?
6: Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, but like was we out with the original one said.
1: Yeah,
6: yeah, it's like because like we got we got that in the epigraph, and we got that in one of the Sawzad Tindwell yep. scenes as yep. the announcer. Yep, it was like
2: third time, like it's different. It like, yep. It's
4: like it's like what's all going on mm. with that? Like,
2: yeah, oh, yeah, it's so good that was the moment i think if i'm remembering correctly on my first read that i was like oh it's changing was the holy first yeah. witness like that that yes. was the one where i was like wait a minute Which- i think on my first read i was just confused like what
4: yeah.
1: but then it's
2: like oh it's so good
1: it's and so i good. feel like because it's going from a singular word to three words. I think that is one of the things that really makes it stand out. Mm-hmm. Whereas something like changing from this person was told a to short. it's like it's still just one descriptive word. Whereas because this was a title and the entire structure of the title changed, like it just made it stand out so much more.
6: Yeah, so it's nice. Like we got the easily missable thing first, and so like the people who notice that one are like, something's going on here. And then we have the very obvious one closer to the reveal at the end, so like, any everybody can kind of like, oh wait, something's there, wrong. Something's wrong,
1: mm-hmm.
6: but, you couldn't guess exactly. That's like,
4: oh, there's a creature inside the Well of Ascension uh, manipulating it all, but you can tell something is wrong
6: <laughs> for sure. It's interesting that like your thoughts on this book were more fond than you were expecting, Eric. Yeah, like, way more I fond. I was actually more critical of the book during okay. this reread. Just, like, from a writerly perspective, I don't, like, there's two halves to this book. There's the, the whole siege plot line, and then there's the the deepness well, well plot line. And it's like, I don't think they jive very well to, to each other. It is a little
4: bit clunky, especially it, when they have to send Vin and Ellen the way. Like, it's just a little odd.
6: Yeah, and then it's like, like, because the battle for Luthadel like is the climax of the book, and then there's like this extended section at the end where like oh well we also have to we re- do all the well stuff, and like it just like feels like because like it feels like we get the climax of the book, like getting ready to end, and then there's like but then there's all this other oh, stuff. That stuff it, is cool, but it's just like it's like
1: odd. It's odd. The it's extended odd. Epilogue is generally how I think of things like that. But yeah, definitely mm-hmm. um, the sending of Vin and Elin away, like that always feels so clunky to me. It, and I know that Brandon initially did send them to Terrace and it really does feel like he's made a decision, I'm going to send them away. And then halfway through be like, actually, no, I didn't like that decision. I'm going to go back on it now. Like, It feels mm-hmm. really, really out of place and clunky.
4: It's funny though because when when I reread the siege and the the battle, which I think is fantastic like yeah. I, I remember that being really good like the ending of well was such should be great uh mm-hmm. but oh it's so good uh and I love Breeze just hiding and just that great mm-hmm. scene the death scenes are great uh but to me. Like once you get that battle, you like, oh no, there is this plot thread that we didn't really deal with. And so mm-hmm. I-, I can see why you would say that it doesn't meld together because it is a little weird and clunky for sure. But definitely with what was set up in the book, it's like, oh yeah, we never dealt with what the title of the book is. <laughs> so it's like, obviously we're going to do that, right?
6: Yeah. And it's like in later books, Brandon is much better about weaving climaxes together or if, like, if he doesn't do that, it's because those plot lines are very distinct from each other. Rather than, like, Vin is important for both, because, like, she's yes. the main character. Yeah.
0: I
4: think the other thing with this book that made me like it better, though, is just how character-focused it is. With, mm. like, uh, very character like Vin and Ellen's character arcs is, like, that's kind of the key to the story. And, I, yeah. and Matt, I know we've talked about it on Chardcast, but I'm like, oh, yeah, this, this it's so charactery and i'm more of a plot reader so like in my first read like i like i liked it but i didn't like love that part uh
0: so i love ellen art in that this book yeah like really seeing him go from uh, wait what i now see here to tinwell you're excused like the just how much of a change you see in him and it's a very Logical change.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I I really like how the setup for those arcs uh, work in this book. The like the first part's called "Heir of the Survivor," and you really see both Vin and Elend struggling with being like Calcier's heir in different ways. Like Vin's like his clear heir, right? Um, and she's kind of taking over from him, but Elend is the one who, like, has kind of fallen into serving Kelsier's role within the crew, and, like, he has all these thoughts about, well, like, if Kelsier had survived, I wouldn't be king, right? Like, I definitely wouldn't be. Um, and so I kind of like how it, even as you're getting their relationship um, arc, you're getting them kind of both dealing with the struggle of being in Kelsier's shadow and, in different ways.
1: And I really noticed on this reread jumping back to something that we were talking about last month in the Final Empire one is we were saying how Kelsier in that book doesn't always match the persona that is made up for him and this book really starts with that persona Mm -hmm. and who he is as a god versus who he is who he was as a person and there was one quote in particular that really stood out to me but Vin is thinking about Kelsier and thinks, a man beyond convention, a man who had somehow been able to defy reality. And yeah, kind of, if you're thinking in just a theoretical perspective, but Kelsier didn't really do that. His legacy has done that. And it's mm-hmm. just really, really interesting to watch how that is blooming and blossoming from this point onwards and how it is just getting bigger and bigger after his death
4: going off that one of my favorite things is clubs like right before the battle is like do you really think Kelsier's is gonna save us like that is ridiculous and clubs is just not having it at all no nope. because like they knew kelsior clubs is very realistic like what are we doing here guys like that is insane
1: <laughs> one of my favorite smaller moments in this book is with Caesar and clubs like just before the battle of luther and Caesar tells clubs about the artist religion and gives him the little wood carving mm, and
0: yes
6: dadrida
1: yeah and acknowledges like i've always noticed that you were an artist and like He's, that is such mm-hmm. a part that people forget but that's who you were before this and uh it gives me tingles thinking about it it's such a it's sweet it's a sweet
0: it really is it's a sweet
1: scene that didn't have to be there but brandon's put it in anyway to flesh out two side characters who aren't like it has nothing to do with the main plot or the main characters Mm -hmm. at all it's just there for the side characters and that's really nice I mean, it's
6: also like a stab in um, Sazed's heart when, oh, oh, he's dead. Like he has that medallion I made him. Yeah, it didn't help him. All of my study is useless.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I was uh, just about to say it's just heart wrenching when he's like he was wearing the medallion and it did him no good. And Sazet's just like broken. And he's like, yep, why bother?
4: yeah and then and then going to the the metal tablet again that that mm-hmm. one piece of ta- the terrorist religion he actually has and it's just like oh it's all all i i'm never gonna believe anything again totally believable uh, with what says Z went through i love it it's so good make him suffer yes suffering
6: <laughs> that like that reaction never made sense to me because like oh like his whole like everything is lie. I'm like no not everything is lie. there is a hero of ages it's just been manipulated what? like i feel like he's like it makes sense for the character but i'm just like not everything's a lie though like that, i mean
4: that- but like if there's critical differences like i think the thing with Z is if we were studying so much and all the things we're studying was wrong like what else could be wrong like a lot could be wrong because you don't have that frame of reference like, mm-hmm. is there a hero of Ages? I think Cezed could reasonably be like, maybe not. Like, maybe that is a fabrication. Like, mm-hmm. he yeah. he doesn't know all the full mechanics
2: of that, right? Mm-hmm. I I think think so I think he, it's reasonable. And, and I think the other thing with Cezed is he has an academic um, understanding and appreciation of religion. Um, and you see that in his approach even to pitching people. He's not really talking about um, faith or like what um like the spiritual connection people have. he's saying, this is a belief system. These are the people who have this belief system. this is their culture, like the kind of facts. Yeah. And so I think the climax of this book gives Cizette a crisis of faith at a like spiritual emotional level, mm-hmm. and then he realizes how hollow his academic understanding of religion is. and you kind of, See hints of this early on, like, you know, when he's pitching religions to the ska farmers and they're like, but when is the Lord Ruler coming back and how do we plow our fields? Uh, And he kind of sees this disconnect between his, you know, academia and the practical reality of the people. And so when he's put in a position where he needs higher power or something to look to beyond himself. He finds nothing, right? And, and so that, that's where his kind of crisis of faith works for mm-hmm. me, because he's moving from that academic to that more... To actual need
0: of... Instead yeah. of just, oh, this is it. In theory, it's a, wait, I actually need to believe in something, and I don't believe in any of them, so now they're all hollow instead of yeah. just... Yeah. Right. Oh, it's so good. It's so good.
3: <laughs> I forgot how bad Straff was exactly. Like, Mm. I knew he was nasty, but I didn't remember the specifics. Yeah,
4: it's yikes.
3: It's it's a lot of yikes. It's a whole lot of yikes. And the way Brandon writes, the way Brandon writes his points of view is very good. But, I mean, very bad, obviously. But it's, it's a very good villain portrayal of someone who's just like, oh, well, this is just, everyday life
0: yes and he's fantastic (laughs) with making straff a villain but a believable bat like he's not just evil for the sake of evil he's you can see him being a real person living in a world instead of just just like
1: oh this is justifiable he's just a vile person and that that is who he is, which makes his death so satisfying. So ju-
6: just jump back quickly to like him being a terrible person. Like there's the line of like he remarks on Amaranta is like, oh, she used to be so beautiful. Like, but like over the last like 10 years, like she's gotten old. She's in her like mid to late 20s. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. When I grew- like that's like
6: not good. She's
0: No, she's had what I, I think she's it says that she's like 30. Yeah, late it, 20s, At some point. But yeah. still, like, she she's had like...
3: Late 20s. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: she's had a couple of kids and now is... And it makes her hatred of him. Which, by the way, I loved that whole... Like, the first time I read it, and I was so excited to get back to it, the scene of him of like, when you're addicted, that's what happens. You start to feel good. Like, you, you just that like... V- it is a different way of getting revenge on a bad guy and I love it because it's yeah, just right. so satisfying to watch somebody yeah. go through withdrawal symptoms.
4: Especially yeah, especially Straff. It's like, okay, you're you're a piece of garbage, so I I don't care about any of these things. Fantastic. And I
3: I don't feel bad. No, yep. not even yep. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Going going back again a little bit to Amaranta, I one of the things that I think makes makes his nastiness kind of hit more is that I was, like, a middle schooler when I first read these books. I was young. I didn't mm-hmm. know things. So, like, I'm sure I caught the Overtures, but I didn't catch kind of the more insidious, like, just... Penophilia? ...awfulness. Yeah, that yeah. and and, like, sexism and, like... Like I, I had this image in my head that like Amaranta was like older or at least middle aged to later, and I didn't really catch that in the book. That like, no, these people are he's it's yeah. they're young and they get to being like really not old. But like he he like he was he described her as aging and all this stuff, and like my brain was like, oh, she's really old. No, no she's really no, not. No, and the girl he. He takes to show, like, to kind of the, show the a theater. lens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, Vin mm-hmm, the VIN replica. Set the VIN replica. She's like, I can get one just like yours. She was like, she was described as being like fifteen. Yeah, yeah. It's like, mm-hmm.
0: oh no. And you know that he's bedded her at that point. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah and like he does oh, afterwards
3: no. too. There's there's specifically a line afterwards about how he's like, well. Time to go show myself I can be in control again by going and
1: Yeah. Oh, poor girl. It's just. Uh, what what, yeah, what well, a slimy individual.
2: I, I think he's like probably the most garbage person Brandon has written. Yes. Like more so than like, like the other content people who would like be in contest would be like Sadius. And I'm like, no, like, Straff is multiple levels past. Yeah, yeah, it's just
4: pure, unredeemable garbage. Yeah,
2: yeah.
6: Yeah. But he at least loved his wife. Like,
0: yeah, but somehow still believable as a person. Like, that's the great thing is he is pure, unredeemable garbage, but still a believable person
4: yeah because you could totally believe in the final empire that people like this exist
0: but is there anything else somebody wants to bring up i
4: would still rate well
0: of ascension
4: the worst of the three mistborn books but it's important to know it's important for me to know that that's like a like on a 10 point scale it's just like one step lower rather than like many steps lower yeah. uh, just because there, there's a lot to love uh in this obviously you know it's brandon's earlier writing and it's his first sequel really so like it it, mm-hmm. it doesn't like the two plot lines don't gel as well as maybe he could do it now but like it's it's cool it's cool there there, there are some problems uh I, but it it's really good and that ending is really good and it's slow at the beginning but not as slow as i remember
0: not um, as like slow that. as final empire
1: i found that final empire like i i I know that we talked last time Matt, that, that you didn't find final empire. slow. I found final empire slow differently to this. Like that was like, okay, I am an epic fantasy and I am moving along at my own pace. This one dragged and like, particularly the first two parts. And I think it was because the first two parts are complete set up in my mind and we get no payoffs until we get to part three. So it just feels like we're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. So they've, They both felt slow to me, but this one felt slow in a more negative way than with the final empire, which I just thought knew how to take his time and and did that.
2: Yeah. And I I think this one is intentionally slow because like it's a a siege story, right? So that feeling of the characters being stuck and waiting for something to happen and nothing happened, like like, like that's part of the tension building and it- it isn't fun to read. And so I think those kind of plot lines can be tough to pull off as a writer because you have to subject your reader to some not fun reading parts so that the payoff of the tension hits. And yeah, balancing that can be be tricky. Um, yeah. and another thing I'd like to say with, with this book is um, Vin's... I found, and I think I found it like this last time, Vin's power creep um, is very sudden. And on a reread, I don't think I would have noticed this if I hadn't done the reread of Final Empire, because reading the full trilogy, you just think of Vin as being like the most powerful person ever. And is an amazing Mistborn, right? But reading Final Empire, like even the last battle with the Lord Ruler, like... She does some clever tricks to get around the Inquisitors and stuff, but she's still, like, not a fully trained Mistborn at the end of that book. And this book, it's like, oh, I'm taking on eight Alamancers, including a Mistborn in the first scene that I'm in, Um, which is something, like, Kelsier took on multiple Haze killers and then ran away when the Alamancers showed up. So, like... I I found that really striking, how quickly we're like, oh, Vin has leveled up some in the year off. And, uh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, and she even comments, at one point, she takes on, like, ten Haze Killers, and she comments, and she's like, didn't Kelsier say that he struggled with half a dozen? And she's just like, okay, what's next?
4: And and then with Dralman, she's just like, I am God-tier, I am doing God-tier things, sucks to be you. Yeah. And I love it. But yeah.
2: The introduction of Duraliman was handled cool too. That that yeah. was, that oh, was yeah. really good. Yeah.
0: Thank you for watching. You can find us at 17thshard.com for all the news, discussion, theories, and fun you could ever want. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can subscribe on YouTube. And you can also support us on Patreon.
5: See you next time. Bye. Uh, Bye.
1: Bye. I-